Hello, everybody, and welcome to the My BFF Business Leaders Podcast. This podcast is designed to focus the spotlight on leading voices throughout the world of business. From marketing and technology to energy and finance, this podcast will feature brilliant minds that are shaping the future of every industry. There has never been a better time to make more business friends forever, so let's get started. The Beard Oil and the Beard Balm are the first two products that we launched way back when. And we, it's our recipe. We came up with it. We do, we designed it. So we've kept with those recipes the entire way. And I think that's what keeps us on the map. And I think that's what keeps our clients coming back because they know we're not, we're not going to sell out to a cheaper uh, carrier oil or this or that just to make more money. So I think that those are our most popular products because they're our oldest. On this episode of the My BFF Business Leaders Podcast, we are joined by not one, but two leading minds that are shaping their respective industry. Please welcome Jason Sealand and Jason Hall, the founders of Mad Viking Beard Company. Mad Viking is a place dedicated to all things Viking and beard. These entrepreneurs started this brand from scratch, and today it is a multi-million dollar company that is continuing to rapidly grow. The brand's expansion has now led to the creation of Brutality Coffee, as well as other endeavors in the alcohol and food industry. Have you ever wondered what it's like inside of the mind of a Viking leader? Well, luckily for you, today you get to find out for yourself. Where did the name Mad Viking Beard Company come from? Uh, it just kind of came from uh, my uh, great-grandfather. I played baseball back in the 20s and 30s. Um, got recruited by the uh, Pirates and the Yankees back in the day. Um, that's kind of the name that they gave to him, kind of his nickname, uh, on and off the field. So I got that name. I think he told me, started telling me stories when I was like nine or 10. I used to go over, we'd play catch. He showed me how to throw a curveball. Used to be a pitcher myself. And, uh, you know, he just told me all the stories from back in the day. And I just kind of remembered, you know, his nickname because it was so unique and, uh, just kind of brought it with me, you know, and, and decided that that would make a great name for a beard company. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So how, how did you guys first get into uh, developing and starting a company devoted to men's beards and grooming products? Uh, straight through charity. Um, we uh, kind of had a party. Was that 2013? August 2013, I think it was. Uh, we had a party bunch of us got together uh we decided uh you know to to grow our facial hair out for you know october november whatever and uh we decided to shave the very next day after the party and i'll meet up about six months later the local vfw and uh we never made it to the vfw uh it turned into a, a giant event um we had to move the location to uh to a, a bigger venue with a stage um we had probably about a couple hundred people there for our first competition um bunch of competitors we had uh bands play everything like that raised about fifteen hundred dollars for children's hospital of pittsburgh That's awesome. um we knew that there were products at the time and we just decided you know we started using them from other companies um we just took it from there we just kind of decided to make make the stuff on our own and that's kind of how the business came about 
just out of that event, not a charity itself, you know? Yeah, no, that's really awesome. And, and so from the event side of things, like you, you said that it was a competition. What did the competition itself entail? Like who could grow the best beard or the longest or the fat? What, what kind of could you delve into that more? Well, there's um, in a beard competition, they're, uh, they're obviously ultra super serious events. A <laughs> um, bunch of people get together. There's actually there's a bunch of different categories. Um, everything from goatee to mustache to full beard to styled beard to we have we have um, now at our own events we have whiskerinas you know girls that create fake beards so they can compete. We have children's categories. Uh, normally we have a panel of judges, you know, and you know the winner gets a prize, whatever. But everything that all the beard competitions, every one of them, all charity based, and that's all over the country. So you know, all, all of your money donated or your entry fees and all that, it all goes to charity anyhow. So mm-hmm. it's all about just getting together and having a good time and, and helping some people out. So that's what those are. Awesome. And and so in those events now, obviously you said they were back in 2013, fast forwarding to, to today, are you guys still kind of a local entity for those events or have they expanded under the, the, the Mad Viking brand name to elsewhere across the country? Uh, we, we've had, uh, we have clubs all over the world. So they they kind of have their own events. Um, there's been a few beard comps that they've put on themselves, but we try to keep the beard comp aspect uh, kind of right here at home and everybody travels here from all over the world now. Um, it's kind of tough this year because, you know, of COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, in the in the past, like last year, we had people come from the UK, Ireland, New Zealand, New Zealand um, all over the United States. So, yeah, people come from all over. Um, as far as other clubs having events, they do it all the time. Um, local charity events. That's I mean that's basically why we set up our beard clubs. Mm-hmm. And I know that you touched on earlier that like it was a group of friends that first started this first event. So who kind of makes up your team today or the leadership team of sorts for the brand and company? Uh, there are exactly four of us that make up the leadership team on the business side. Um, it's, you know, both of us, me and Jay, and then our wives um, pretty much run the entire show. And we're 100% hands-on with every aspect of it. You know, we have other people that come in and help us out and, you know, and, and do a lot for us, no doubt. But as far as the leadership role, it's definitely the four of us. Mm-hmm. And what would your guys kind of day-to-day roles look like, the four of you, if you don't mind kind of diving deeper into that? Um, it varies every day. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it, it, it starts out with a, a good cup of coffee in the morning from our brutality side. Um, we go through emails uh do marketing i mean you you name it we're, we're kind of in there uh jay will be found most mornings some afternoons uh roasting coffee <laughs> uh helping me out with some of the marketing the website stuff uh the girls are usually shipping uh customer service i mean it's Every day is kind of different, but that's what most days entail. That's what we try to do. Right. <laughs> we try to follow a path, but yeah. And and on the the marketing side, it's obviously anybody that visits your guys' site, it's pretty apparent that you have a, a massive following on social media. Has that always been kind of the the key vehicle uh, to reach and engage with your customers? Has Instagram always been like your core focus in that regard? Um. Not so much. Starting out, it was just kind of a grassroots movement. 
through what we were doing with the company and it kind of people people have found it through advertising Mm -hmm. but we've only really started advertising in the last year so i mean we've been going about seven years strong now Mm -hmm. and we've only really started heavily advertising in the last year Wow. So a lot of it, people just found by word of mouth um, or through their friends and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. that. That's extremely impressive to obviously grow so so much so quickly without doing any sort of kind of paid promotional efforts. Has there been any sort of kind of specific things that you'd be able to dive into a little bit more for our audience of like success that you've seen in that regard? Like I know you said word of mouth, but has that come from like the, the event side of things or has that come more from the coffee uh, products or anything that you'd be willing to provide insights with there? I don't know. The, the, the Facebook advertising and all that stuff is, it's obviously insanely important and we're, you know, we're realizing how important that can, that all that stuff can be now. But, um, it's, you know, as far as the word of mouth and everything like that, we always just considered being present, constantly as our biggest asset and our business our biggest success when it comes to any kind of advertising or marketing um when we set out on this path it was honestly just to be together as a unit and have fun mm-hmm. and it's kind of evolved from that where we still incorporate that largely into our marketing and our advertising and, and all of that so i think that's our biggest success story is just being able to be present constantly like that even though we're not, it's not all through just paid advertising. Right. I think our, I think our biggest weapon as business owners, I mean, you got to have so many, you know, weapons in, in your arsenal, but I think ours truly boils down to, you know, being true to ourselves and being persistent. I mean, we, we, we don't give up. We've never gave up. Uh, we, we've had some really hard times starting out. Um, we we surpassed everything, you know, that we ran into trouble wise. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's our biggest assets as far as business owners at this point, right? If you don't, I think that's it's a really strong point that I'd like to ask more about because our, our audience is always kind of into to how successful business owners kind of overcome that adversity. So could you dive into a little bit more of the challenges that you faced? Uh, when you first started out and kind of how you overcame them? Um, well, we started at zero. Sometimes we joke around and say less than zero. Um, we literally came together with a couple hundred bucks a piece and started this and turned it into a multi-million dollar business every year. So um, that's not easy to do. It's not for the lighthearted. It's for people that are persistent and do want to lay it all on the line and go after it. That's, that's the only way you can do it. Mm-hmm. If you're starting at zero and you're, and you're not 1000 million billion trillion, is that how Joe Biden says it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, come on, man. Um, but basically, <laughs> um, all humor aside, no, you just got to be really persistent. Got to lay it all on the line and be willing to lose it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we call it, we joke and call it the iron gut syndrome for sure. <laughs> you definitely, there's no, you know, in, you know, like all that stuff Jay says is hundred percent true. There's times when we just are sick to our stomachs about the decisions we had to make, but now we call it the iron gut. Now we just, we, we see the, the adversity and we just plow through it and that's all there is to it. 
And how long would you guys say that it like fully took to develop the system that you have in place today? Because I know you said 2013 is when the start, but did you see like a rapid growth uh, kind of a couple of years after that or what was timing like? Uh, growth is, uh, it's been really weird because we expected, well, at first we didn't know what to expect. We just uh, came in with the idea, hey, we're going to do this for a few years. We're going to throw everything we make back into the business and we're going to hold our side jobs and we're just going to cross fingers hope for the best and that's kind of what we did and it worked out you have to when you start at zero you have to throw everything back into it and if you can't do that you're it's just not going to be a success i mean the money has to come from somewhere you know the hours worked have to come from somewhere if you can't give that up and invest that it's just not going to work mm-hmm. And, and shifting gears to kind of the money side and the products, do you guys manufacture your own products as well or simply market them? And, and kind of what's the, the breakup there on one side over the other? Uh, yeah, we, we market everything. Like now I do have a marketing team working with me offsite that uh, helps me out with, um, you know, strategy and stuff like that on Facebook, Amazon, uh, Google, uh, as far as, as far as production of all everything, we do everything, um, top to bottom in house. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's literally a hundred percent us, you know, like Jay said, now we have, we have that marketing team, marketing team now, but everything from the website and the advertising that all comes from Jay. He's, he's a design master and he's a, you know, he's fantastic with his, with his design work and stuff. And that's all him. And the production side is, is 100% the girls they're in here constantly producing doing quality checks helping come up with new products I mean it's it's 100% us we do it's it's 16 18 20 hours a day in holiday season easy so mm-hmm. yeah it's everything's 100% us that's awesome to hear. And yeah, and I, I know obviously it can be incredibly taxing no matter what the time period is, but we're recording this kind of right in the middle of COVID. Uh, we touched on it earlier. Have you guys had to adjust like abruptly in any way from those aspects, the marketing or um, the, 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 pa- the development side of the business because the circumstances? Uh, no, it really hasn't affected these two businesses that we have at all negatively Mm -hmm. um the people that come help us out uh our warehouse is brand new clean um nobody it's not a public space so we kind of don't have to adhere to all the the restrictions and rules that -hmm. are commonplace Mm -hmm. for more public spaces um so yeah really it hasn't affected us at all um, maybe on the ability to get, you know, certain ingredients or certain products, you know, that we need to create a lot of the stuff. It's affected that negatively in some aspects, but other than that, we've been, we've been largely unaffected. And I think the only shift in marketing that we had was we just went way more aggressive. You know, we saw a lot of our competitors dial it down because they were afraid of what they were going to go through. And we just went the opposite way. We just got super aggressive with everything. 
Awesome. Yeah, I think you guys definitely took the right approach. And obviously, with how successful you've been, um, it's blatantly apparent. And would you say that kind of your customers fit into a particular like cultural subset, such as, as bikers, hunters, uh, car guys, or it kind of does your clientele defy the, the stereotypes often associated with guys with longer hair and beards? Well, as a marketer, you, you know, I would like to say, oh, I got it dialed in. I know exactly. And I can just like, fire my marketing missile over and uh, <laughs> land on a bunch of guys that I think, you know, is going to buy the product, but it legitimately does not work that way. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, we have doctors, we have lawyers, we have guys that work in mills, we have hunters, we have actors, actors, musicians, motorcycle guys, car guys. <laughs> um, it's kind of all walks of life. Um, something that we really didn't expect, uh, the only thing we can really dial down is kind of the age group. And even that's wide, you know, the, the 25 to to 65 year old man for, you know, beard products. That's kind of where we land. That's our demo. So it almost covers everybody. That's a lot. I'm breathing. I can grow a beard. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and of your audience, do you guys have kind of like a top, best-selling product, so to speak, or is there a group of ones that kind of trump the others? As far as our, I don't mean, yeah, we're, it's popular across the spectrum. Our, our beard oils, our beard balms, and now our beard butter are actually, they're our core items. They're kind of what kept us on the map. They're the, the beard oil and the beard balm, excuse me, are the first two products that we launched way back when. And we, it's our recipe. We came up with it. We do, we designed it. So we've kept with those recipes the entire way. And I think that's what keeps us on the map. And I think that's what keeps our clients coming back because they know we're not, we're not going to sell out to a cheaper uh, carrier oil or this or that just to make more money. So I think that's, those are our most popular products because they're our oldest. Yeah. There's, there's actually um, companies that do that. They'll, they'll source, out of China, which is the most ridiculous thing. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's terrible to get something from China, but um, you just don't want. I don't know. My our our belief system is, you know, if you can make it here, then you should. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with something you're putting on your skin. Right. I mean, I don't. I want to know where everything came from and what's going into it. I couldn't. I couldn't ethically source just a bottle of beard oil out of China and, and resell it to somebody just because the profit's going to be higher. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. And we've actually, you know, we know of companies that do this in our niche and uh, I know that that's kind of a sad point to me, you know, And it obviously sounds like the business is is backed by a core beliefs that you guys have and, and core focuses. But do you guys have like a, a slogan or a mantra that, that all the efforts are kind of focused for that the Mad Viking has kind of cultivated of your own brand for the customers? Yeah, kind of. It kind of stemmed from just us being true to ourselves and who we are. And then the whole Viking theme kind of grabbed the hold of, you know, you know, based off the name. So the nine virtues is kind of uh, always something that's present in the Viking 
you know, niche or the Viking culture or whatever. So we taken, we, we took those nine virtues and kind of rewrote them just a little bit to, uh, to align with us. But, um, we, we call it the axe and that's why our, you know, our club chant, our motto is live by the axe. Um, it represents, you know, our little rewrite of the nine virtues that you'll find out there. Awesome. And and we heard uh, about you guys ultimately through our mutual friend, Brian Myers at MLH Distillery, who produces Forefather Spirits. Um, he re- told us that you guys will be releasing a, a Viking blood rye whiskey that will be distilled uh, by the team at MLH and Forefathers. And, and is there anything more that you could tell us about that? It's going to be awesome. amazing rye whiskey. <laughs> and, uh, you know, those guys over there at MLH and Forefathers, they do a fantastic job. Um, they, they, their belief systems are a lot like ours. That's why I, I think we get along so well. So the partnership was just kind of a natural thing where we're going to work together on some stuff. Um, but as far as the whiskey itself, it's just a, it's a really nice, smooth rye whiskey. Uh, it's not overpowering, but it's, you know, it's going to be brand new with our logo and their whiskey. And, um, I know that we're getting really close to launching it. It's going to take just yeah, a little right. bit of time yet. But. A little bit more. Mm-hmm. We, we kind of, that was, that was kind of by chance. A lot of, a lot of our business dealings in the past couple of years have been by chance and just based on where we're at at the moment and what we're doing business wise. But it was, it's a really cool story. We, we ran into those guys about what a year and a half ago. And uh, it's just about eight to 10 of us from the club that, that went out one night and uh, one of the club guys ran into, uh, he actually runs a food truck. He ran into uh, Brian at an event and uh you know he told us that we should roll in there so we we went out one night with them and ran into uh mlh for a few drinks and it turned out we were there for the whole night bought a barrel <laughs> bought a barrel of whiskey <laughs> that they made custom for us and that was really cool and they branded our logo onto the onto the top and stuff like that and you know awesome and are there any other kind of pro, uh, products or projects that you guys are uh, kind of have in the works that people should be on the lookout for uh, for coming soon from Mad Viking? Uh, the mead. Yeah, we got mead coming out as well. Oh, nice. Um, we'll be able to ship the mead to about 40 different states across the United States. Um, that's due out the end of October here, beginning of November. Um, it'll have uh, elderberry lingonberry like a hibiscus style mead it's kind of got a blood dark blood thicker consistency to it as well and that will be called blood honey awesome. and then we have um we also have just recently launched coffee as well and we launched that under the brand name brutality coffee company so we roast we custom roast and uh you know ship and sell coffee all over the state so and where is the best place our listeners can go to kind of learn more about the products on, on all sides, the, the beer products as well as uh, the coffee? Yeah, you definitely want to hit up both of the websites. Um, Mad Viking is madvikingbeards.com and brutality is brutality.coffee. But brutality is spelled B-R-E-W-tality. So a little play on words there. 
I like it. I like it a lot. Um, sweet. So I, I think we kind of covered off on all grounds there. We end every show the same way where we kind of ask our, our uh, visitors to, with some personal questions, give our audience a little look behind the curtain, so to speak. This is the first time we've ever done it with two guests. So uh, both of you want to take a shot at answering one or the other or however you see fit. But first question is, what was the first car that you ever owned? Uh, I had a 71 Buick Grand Sport. Nice. I was, it was, um, my senior year. I was, uh, I was doing a demolition derby at the, at the local fair. And, uh, after the derby was over, I got on my car, uh, met my dad at, on the track and there was a car dealership that had a bunch of new cars there, but they had this 71 Buick Grand Sport. Somebody just traded in perfect condition. I uh, had the 455 motor, um, automatic on the floor airplane style shifter whatever and uh we picked that up for forty five hundred dollars perfect perfect shit clean engine bay everything i mean i actually showed the car a few times and uh those cars now are worth 50 to 60 grand (laughs) so i kind of wish i still had it but yeah not not a bad first car to have as a senior in high school, <laughs> mine was mine was not so nice. It was a 1977 Oldsmobile Regency Delta 98 or whatever that was, something <laughs> like that. Oldsmobile Regency 98, I think, is what it was. There you go. Two two pretty different experiences there. Uh, so, uh, well, if you guys weren't leading the charge for Mad Viking, what do you think your profession would be? Damn. Hmm. Well, I couldn't decide when I was coming out of high school i couldn't decide when i was coming out of the army i couldn't decide until we created mad viking like i i thought you know hey let's you know i would say for myself politics or being a teacher one or the other mm-hmm. okay. yeah for me i i don't even know i would probably i'd probably go back to touring or I don't even want to think about what I'd be doing, honestly. Yeah, that's scary. That's next. This is so much fun. <laughs> we ain't doing anything else. So the so next question I have for you guys, and, and obviously you've talked about how busy you are, so I'm not even sure what time you'd have, but what's one of your favorite hobbies to do outside of working, obviously? Mine's either uh, reading something that I can learn that will forward us in our business, and that's from like content creation to – marketing or anything like that um the only thing i really take time out to do extra that doesn't pertain to our business would you know maybe listen to a little bit of music or try to play a little bit of guitar that's about it everything else is like driven forward by where we're heading with business myself yeah and, and i'm i'm pretty similar too the only the only other thing is like i said we have the um we have the charity clubs all over the world and you know, with all the time that we spend here for us to get out and hang out with our friends like that in a club aspect and, and do all that charity work. That's probably the only, only time, you know, that's my only quote unquote hobby that I have at the moment. It's yeah, just the only time we take away from our business is to, you know, hang out with friends and do charity stuff. Do so. charity work. Right. <laughs> and, and final question for you guys, uh, who's your favorite sports teams to root for? I consider ourselves a sport. We root for ourselves. Um, (laughs) I I just don't have time for any of that. Um, We kind of, 
you know, kind of grew up with the the Pittsburgh Steelers and been to a few hockey games for the Pens. Um, I follow Yank- Yankees baseball lately, but uh, you know, it's it's mostly just business here for us. Right. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm a hometown guy, so when I do get to watch sports, it's it's all black and gold, everything. So, um, again, we don't have much time for it, but when I when I can, I like to enjoy the Steelers and uh, the Penguins, especially. That's what, yeah, that's what we like to hear on this show. So glad you guys side of the black and gold. Um, so uh, yeah, appreciate you guys taking the time again to join us today. Any final words that you want to put out there before we sign off? No, I think just uh, we really appreciate you having us on. Um, it means a lot to us when, when people want to sit down and have a conversation and hear us out a little bit. So, um, you know, other than just thank you, I think I think we're in pretty good shape. Great. Yeah, appreciate that. And, and thank you all for tuning in today on the My BFF Business Leaders Podcast.